Welcome to the NRSNG.com podcast, the podcast created by nurses for nurses. Are you ready to take your learning to the next level? Sit back and crank up the volume. Here's your host, John Haas. What is up, guys? This is John with the NRSNG podcast. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Miss Katie Kleber of NurseIroll.com. Surely you've seen her, you've heard of her, and she also just published a book called Becoming Nursey. This is a, such a fun book. It's such a fun blog. You guys, if you head over to nrsng.com slash 55, you can get a link to see a little sample of the book. You can also get her top resources for nurses and the Twitter people, <laughs> who you should follow on Twitter. Okay. Um, and I want to remind you guys, hey, we just put up our app, rncrush.com. You can get it for your mobile phones and tablets. This is the best and most fun way to prepare for the NCLEX. It has four different game modes that allows you to prepare for NCLEX, and it gives you a breakdown of exactly um, you know, what you need to work on to improve and to prepare for the NCLEX. So you can find out more about that at rncrush.com. That's rncrush.com. But hey guys, sit back, enjoy this episode. It's a lot of fun. Katie is a lot of fun to talk to. She has a lot of value to give to you guys to help you prepare to become a, a better nurse and to help you be a fantastic student. So without further ado, here is the interview. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. This is John with the NRSNG podcast. Today, I'm very excited to welcome our guest, Miss Katie Kleber, BSN RN. Most of you have probably already heard of her. If you ha- haven't, hopefully you get a chance to read her book and check out her blog. She's a neurocritical care nurse like myself out in North Carolina. Uh, she has a husband and two dogs, and she began writing her blog, Nurse Eye Roll, in 2013 uh, with the goal of helping nurses become confident, safe, and efficient. The blog is a lot of fun. It's, it's funny. There's a lot of honesty, and she's very open about what I believe nursing life is really like. And in 2014, towards the end of the year, she published her book, Becoming Nursey, From Code Blues to Code Browns, How to Take Care of Your Patient and Yourself. And I just saw on her Facebook that... She has sold over 3,000 copies already. So congratulations, Katie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. You bet. So go ahead, and I've told everybody a little bit about you, but if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are when you're not nursing, and and let us know about yourself a little bit. Um, So I've been a nurse about five years. Now I work in neurocritical care, but I worked for two years on a cardiovascular and thoracic surgical step-down unit. So I have some cardiac experience, but mm-hmm. um, when I graduated, I really thought I was going to be a neonatal ICU nurse, and then that did not happen. But I have—I found a new love for geriatrics, brains, mm-hmm. and critical care, and I never want to do anything else, kind of thing. Um, uh, like my th- like it says in my book, I'm married. Um, I have two dogs. Um, we're pretty active. I played basketball in college, so I, um, my husband and I are pretty active people. Work out all the time, you know, and try to eat yeah. really healthy. That's something that's really important to me. So I love cooking and, you know, checking out stuff on Pinterest and um, trying new recipes. Um, and I lo- I'm trying to become a beer snob. I'm not really <laughs> there yet, um, but I'm trying a whole bunch. Of, I, I, you know, I want to develop my wine and beer palette, so I'm working okay. on becoming a snob at that, but I'm not there yet. Well, good luck in that endeavor. <laughs> so 
you're, I told everybody you're the, uh, you, you run the blog, Nurse Eye Roll, mm-hmm. and then you have the book Becoming Nurse. So you tell us a little bit about the, the blog. We'll get into it more later, but kind of what started that and what made you interested in writing that blog? So, and you probably had this similar experience. You go to nursing school, you go through the hell that is nursing school mm-hmm. and the NCLEX, and you start, and then there's all these kind of unwritten rules or like things everybody knows but you just kind of find out through the grapevine. Like, for example, reports. In nursing school, there's no, like, systematic way to teach people how to get report. It's kind of one of those things that becomes, well, you know, this is, you'll figure out how you want to do it. Right. Or or the same thing with calling physicians or um, time management. There are these things that you kind of figure out on your own. But really, there should be this systematic way to learn how to do it because when you're new, you don't know how to improvise on that because you don't know the best way to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I was like taking note of all these things that I was that weren't written down somewhere that I was like, why aren't these written down? I'm going to write them down. So I, I uh, started getting active on Twitter. I made an actually at first I made an anonymous nursing handle uh-huh. on Twitter for and I was anonymous for about a year and I did that I, I chose to be anonymous because I was worried honestly about getting fired not that I was putting <laughs> things out there that were negative or whatever but I just didn't know how my employer would feel about sure. it um, but then after a while I'm like I don't really need to be anonymous this is uh, I'm putting out things that are helpful people are encouraged and telling me that the information has been very helpful for them so I felt like I hit kind of the glass ceiling of the um, being anonymous mm-hmm. and and decided at that point, you know, during that, I, I kind of took my tips and tricks that people were finding really helpful on Tumblr and Twitter and had a really good friend that said, that said, why don't you just make a blog and put it all in one place? Seemingly obvious thing, but I was like, oh, that's such a great idea. <laughs> don't know why I didn't think of that. So I... Um, I did that, and it became more and more popular. I think now I'm at about 30,000 total. That's great. Or maybe it's probably closer to 35 now, but because uh-huh. um, people feel like I felt. I was terrified when I started, and I, get, I feel like I get at least one or two emails every day that say from a nursing student or a new grad that was, I'm so glad I'm not alone. I yeah. read your stuff, and it made me feel made me feel so much better to know I'm not alone. And, you know, when you graduate, you're like, I think everybody feels like this, but mm-hmm. we don't talk about it. So you're, I think you're right. I mean, I read through, reading through the beginning of your book and everything, even as a practicing nurse now, when I was reading through the introduction and reading you explain that, this whole process you're telling us now, I was like, man, that was me too, you know? It's like you come out of school and you're just expected to be a nurse now. Yeah. And and you don't you don't know anything, you know, and you're trying to figure it out and... And yeah, I mean, I found too that the the YouTube videos and the blog posts and things that I have that are these tools on how to take report, even just as practicing nurses, we take that for granted, you know, but it, I find that these students and everything is just so helpful for them to, to have someone show them and mentor them on how to even just do these simple things. Yeah, yeah, it makes, and it, it makes it so much, you, you just kind of catch on quicker, and I'm like, if, you know, if you can understand these things earlier, you're more comfortable and confident sooner and therefore give better care. You know, I feel like it kind of gives you a jump on, 
your critical thinking and mm-hmm. just your progression as a nurse, if you don't spend the first two months of orientation figuring out time management because your preceptor's time management sucks. Right. So, you, I mean, you're kind of at the mercy of your preceptor, and I was very blessed to have a great preceptor, both in critical care and on um, this kind of floor step-down unit. So, mm-hmm. I, I felt very helpful, or I felt very blessed in that, but I know people that didn't, and, you know, people that didn't have great time management were teaching brand new nurses, and they don't know any different. So, you, you learn this, you're at the mercy of whatever that preceptor teaches you and because you don't know any other option for time management other than what they tell you. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. And I mean, nursing schools don't teach it and we have a big internship at my hospital and they don't really teach that part either. And so you just end up propagating these, this unorganized and these un, uh, you know, these unaffected skills that, you know, nurses really need to have. But like you said, I mean, there's not time to learn that when you're trying to learn the complexities of every all these disease processes and things. So. Right, and just learning the culture of a hospital and it's hard, extensions yeah, and physicians and which one physician preferences <laughs> and how to call them and like there's so much to how to use the email and how to clock mm-hmm. in. Like there's so much to learn, and it's like I should already know how to give reports. Like I should right. give a phenomenal report day one, you know. I mean, theoretically, a general good report on a med surge patient. But, you know, when you're in nursing school, you watch that kind of stuff. And every hospital do it, yeah. does it a little differently. So, and I get, I kind of get not teaching that. But I feel like, you know, that there should be some sort of resources out there. Well, so it's nice to know that I, uh, my hospital's not one and only that's maybe suffers from these, uh, I mean, just these nuances of the hospital of, you know, you don't call this physician at this time, or he likes to be called at this number on this day. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard to... So yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate your blog, and we'll talk a little more about the blog later, but I think it's just a, a really fun tool because of how honest you are, and I think you just lay out exactly what life is like as a nurse. So thanks for that. Yeah. Do you have a like a favorite nursing quote or a nurse that, that you really look up to or anything like that that you want to share? Well, um, I don't know if it's a quote from a nurse, but it's something that's really helped me, um, especially during those days when you have, uh, and really when my preceptor, when I became a critical care nurse, and when I started that, man, I felt like I started all over again. (laughs) You know, I I mean, I knew how to start an IV and drop a dob hop tube and all that kind of stuff, but when I... Man, critical care is so different. <laughs> it, is. it is very different. And, but it's very rewarding, and I love it. And I had a great preceptor, and there were she kind of, when I would get overwhelmed, it was, she would say, do the best, you just need to do the best you can with what you've been given. I mean, that's all anybody can ask, and I'm going to every day do the best I can with what I know how to do, and I'm going to make sure I learn every day and get better every day, but I just need to make sure that I'm doing the best I can. So, you know, if there's something I should have known but I didn't I didn't know, okay, I'm going to accept that and take that to my next experience. And, you know, so especially when you're totally overwhelmed, just knowing that you can do the best that you can with what you know. And yeah, I, that's I, and I... I think that's really good, and I don't think that that's necessarily taught either. I mean, we're hitting on all these things that are kind of my pet peeves with nursing too, but you, you, when you go into nursing and stuff, you, you feel like you have to be this perfect nurse that, right. that is always doing everything right, and, and no, nothing bad ever happens on your shift, and 
And when I, when I had my awakening point, I had actually finished internship and I was taking care of this crazy neuro patient. You know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Um, bed alarms on, wife's in the room. I'm sitting right outside the room and the patient still falls out of bed. And that was my first fall, you know, and I just was eating myself up about it. I just couldn't get over the fact that I had a fall. You know, I'm, I'm John, I'm I'm this great nurse. I don't, you know, but this patient fell on my watch. And, uh, it it actually was one of our, our, care techs, our patient care techs just kind of sat me down. He's like, look, man, you can do everything you can do, but patients are still going to do what they're going to do. You just have to do the best you can do. And, and you know, you can't, you can't control what's ultimately going to happen. And, yeah. and that really kind of just changed my entire perspective of nursing. And I, I always do my best and I always try to take the best care, but there's an extent to, to you know, what's going to happen with that. So Yeah, I, th- I think that's, you know, you can't expect people to uh, yeah I hate that when you graduate from nursing school and the public really treats it like okay you have behind <laughs> your name you know everything yeah. about every medication you know all the procedures mm-hmm. you know everything but you don't like you mm-hmm. just it's like you're building the foundation in nursing school but you're not building a house you're building a skyscraper right there's so much to learn it is completely overwhelming but if you pretend like you know everything, you're so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you man, you're just you're hitting like all my topics because that's one thing I talk about a lot too. Is the one thing that scares our hospital, our nurses, our preceptors more than anything is the nurse that doesn't ask questions. And no matter how experienced you are, if you're back in the back of the unit taking care of a patient, and no one sees you, you don't hear questions. Like that's that actually that's scary because mm-hmm. you you really. You, you're not expected to know everything. It's okay not to know everything, and, and you should always be asking questions. So, and I think that, I, that, that mentality when people have that, it, not only is it like it's just so dangerous for patients, but then it turns into like this attitude between nurses where, well, she should have known that, he should have mm-hmm. known that, and, yeah. and, it, and it can be really condescending. And and when people just aren't honest, like I'm. People will get embarrassed to say when they don't know something, but I'm very, like, upfront and honest about the things I don't know and very willing to learn. Like, I love our code team nurses and love picking their brains because, you know, neuro is pretty narrow of, yeah. a, of a focus. So I, I don't know. I mean, I know cardiac stuff, but not to the depth of the, you know, cardiac yeah. right, or the sepsis, like, you know, the medical ICU people, but I love picking their brains, but... Man, the if you get a group of people together that pretend like they know everything, not only is it dangerous for patients, it's dangerous for, for culture as well. It, it is, and I, I I think that that's very true. Every floor has a culture, and those cultures that are those floors that uh, everyone's expected to know everything. It, it just becomes very dangerous. You know, the second you make a mistake, you're afraid of being fired. I mean, those are just very dangerous places to be. Right, and afraid of looking stupid in front of your colleagues because you're right. you know you're supposed to know everything. Mm-hmm, exactly. So tell us a little bit about your nursing journey. You told us a little bit, but I, I mean, I read in your book some of your journey and it sounded very similar to mine too, but tell us kind of what brought you into nursing and, and where you've where you've gone to, to today. So I, I did not have one of, you know how a lot of people when they decide they're going to become a nurse have this profound thing that happened in their life that mm-hmm. said, oh, I got to be a nurse. I did not have that. It wasn't it was a very practical decision for me to become a nurse. I liked teaching and I liked medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So nursing makes sense, right? right. So I yeah. kind of just took classes and prayed I would like it. <laughs> and um, I did a classes at a junior college and actually played basketball there for while I was doing that. 
and then um, went out to a nursing school in Iowa. I graduated from Iowa Wesleyan College in 2010. Um, played basketball for only a semester there because doing that in nursing school did not work out. Yeah. Um, despite my best efforts. But um, I graduated 2010 and got a job in a, actually, the summer before I graduated, which I highly recommend to people, is a nursing internship between my junior and senior year. I really think that's what helped me land that first nursing job. Um, and then I got a job at a cardiovascular and thoracic step-down unit. So basically, you know, the cabbages, the vascular sure. surgeries after they get out of ICU. So I was there for two years. I did precepting, um, got involved in shared governance, just really liked it. Um, my husband and I, actually, I applied to um, the Air Force to be an Air Force nurse because you, you can, uh, if you have your bachelor's, you can you start out as an officer. Right. right. So I was all pumped to do all that. And then um, I have asthma, so I didn't get in. <laughs> Which right makes sense. You don't you don't want to be like yeah, up in sure. and like running yeah. on the battlefield or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. So um, my husband and I decided to move to Charlotte, North Carolina, from Illinois. Um, and when I came out here, I miraculously I don't know how it happened. Act of God got a job not only um, in neurocritical care but on a day shift position. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, two and a half. I think it was two and a half years ago. Um, I've gotten highly involved in shared governance at my hospital, which I think is so important. I'm working on my CCRN right now, studying for that. Hopefully within the next year I'll start working on my master's. Um, And started my blog about, you know, in 2013 and published the book in 2014. So that's kind of me in a nursing nutshell. That's, I, I think uh, you show everybody what is possible with nursing. I mean, not only is there so much possible, but you've done a lot of it. I mean, you know, from different floors to writing books to teaching to, you know, shared governance. I mean, there's so much that can be done with this field. It's just that's one of the reasons that brought me into it. I didn't I never considered nursing until about the semester before I applied. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, you know, and but I, I love what it offers me to do because I enjoy teaching. I enjoy so much. But. So with that first job, you, was, did, was your job at the place that you did your internship, or was it another hospital? Or Same hospital. I actually, um, you know, I knew getting a job was not going to, I thought it was going to, I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was going to be, because it mm-hmm. is, and it's gotten harder to get jobs. It is. Um, so I did an internship. It was, it was paid. I don't know if they still do it, but it was a paid summer internship. You essentially had the same, like, functions as a CNA, like I couldn't give meds mm-hmm. and stuff, but I was paired with another nurse, and that, I learned so much in that, like, eight or ten week thing, because I was with a nurse, I saw him get report, give report, handle tough situations, I grew in autonomy and knew how to handle things, so I was more confident when I came back to school, sure. and I saw a lot of things that I had only read about, like ventilators, and mm-hmm. art lines and that kind of stuff. And um, when I graduated, and I made sure while I was there to kind of bump elbows with nurse managers and right. make good impressions with people and be a kind of a go-getter so that I had good references when I graduated. 
You know, because if you just put down your clinical instructors, it's like, well, everybody just puts their clinical right, instructors. Right. So um, I, I got a job at the same place, and I really think that that internship, you know, put me way over the edge. Because whenever I um, started, because we started a whole new class of new grads, I feel like at least half of them were the ones that were in the, the summer before with me and my internship. So that was invaluable to my career development. And, I, and anyone that's in nursing school now listening to this, I would recommend the same thing because it, it believe it or not, it's hard to find great nurses. I mean, even, even new grads or even experienced nurses, people that are putting themselves out there and working hard and getting involved in shared governance. So if you're showing that you're doing those things in school, you'll be a, a no-brainer for, for a manager to hire you. If you're reaching out there, showing up, working hard, um, and just getting yourself involved, then, then you're a no-brainer for a hire. But it is, it is getting harder and harder to get a job. So if you can do those things to make you stand out, um, then you'll have a much better chance. And, and for my, uh, my initial job was I did a whole inter- ICU internship and stuff too, so it was kind of the same thing. Of It was all new grads and, and getting the chance to to kind of work very closely with the nurse for three months. And I mean, it just made all the difference in the world to, you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, getting a job is hard, but you can do it if you make yourself stand out just a little bit beyond everyone else. But, you know, yeah, go ahead. I recommend too, like, I think, because I get a lot of emails, when should I start applying for jobs? Mm -hmm. So I, you know, you usually, typical timeline, if you graduate in May with a bachelor's, like I started looking for my internship after when my second semester of my junior year started. So I had applied like four months ahead of time for this internship. And then when I was like having like experience at this hospital, I asked around, when should I apply for Mm -hmm. my nursing job? And I applied for a job that I didn't start until August. I applied for it in January. And I didn't hear a peep until April. Wow. So, it can be hard. I mean, it can and it can get discouraging. You you might hear a lot of no's and everything, but uh, network with everyone that you know, and that starts from day one of nursing school. Networking with your professors, with every manager, every unit you're on. Just put your name out there. You know, I graduate in this month. When is do you have jobs or internships I can look at? Right. You just got to put yourself out there. So let's talk about your book a little bit. The book is Becoming Nursey: From Code Blues to Code Browns: How to Take Care of Your Patients and Yourself. So how, what gave you the idea, is it kind of, I mean, what, what started this process of you writing this book and, and what kind of gave you the idea for it? So I had been working on my blog for about like a year and I was getting to the point where, you know, I'm working full time at the bedside and I'm every other moment I was working on the blog mm-hmm. and connecting with people, answering questions, writing relevant content. And I was getting to the point where I had no free time. And, and I, but I was really passionate about it. So I wanted to make sure I could continue to do it. So I was like, how is, is there a way to monetize this a little bit so that I can, you know, this can turn into a part of my job because I love this. So I was originally going to take my top blog posts and, um, revamp them and create an ebook. Mm-hmm. And just get that out there as quick as possible because I was getting the same question. How do I call a doctor? How do I sleep for night shift? How do I not gain weight? You know, like a whole bunch of Uh stuff. So I took like the top stuff, started getting it together, wrote out some patient stories. So I wrote about my first code blue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the very first time I changed a patient, the first time I had to do a procedure in nursing school. Um, what else? I think at the, this time, the time I took maggots out of a guy's foot. So, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but uh, I... I Put it all. I compiled it, and then um, I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "You should um, use Create Space and do a independent publishing mm-hmm. thing." So I figured out how to do independent publishing, outsourced my editing, my 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 cover design, my you know a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and figured out how to self-publish. And you know, I think about I was working on it for probably about six months. I got it from start to finish. Got it. Started wow. and out there, and I have yeah. I think that's about the the journey of it, and it's been great. And now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, all right, get book What's number two. <laughs> well, this, the book has 53 five star reviews on Amazon. So, and I've I've read through parts of it, and I, I a lot of the information is very pertinent. I'm I'm looking at the information now about how not to gain weight at work and. One of the tips is about how to avoid the donuts, cake, cupcakes, cookies, <laughs> chocolates, edible arrangements, and, and every single... There's some nights at work that I don't even bring lunch. I'm like, well, there's going to be something there. I right know, now, right? So I don't even have to worry about it. So, there, so there's, there's a lot of very, very helpful advice in here about how to... I mean, just almost everything within nursing. So it, it, the book is, again, Becoming Nursey. Um, and if you go to our show notes at nrsng.com slash 55, you can find it, or you can find it on... Amazon, it's on Kindle, it's a uh, it's a really good book, so check it out. So what's uh, what's one of your favorite stories from the book? Oh, from the besides the maggots. That's a good one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that one if you want to, sure. Well, well, let me think if that one's my favorite or not. I think, um, well, you know, the first, the very first time I had my first clinical, experience, so I had. I had to become a CNA first, you know. Uh-huh. Nursing schools make people do that. So I uh so this was my very first like experience with patients. So it wasn't my first like real like you're a nurse clinical, this was your first CNA clinical. Uh-huh. Um so naturally it was in a nursing home, right? So, <laughs> me and uh, I don't know, six other people went to the nursing home and it was like your typical state nursing home. And I had never, I, my family doesn't have, no one in my family had babies. I'd never changed a baby diaper. Like, all I knew was how to turn the Sims guy from side to side right. that did not have features. Which, which is incredibly realistic. This year. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So I, um, me, I had my patient, you know, that I was supposed to take care of. She was elderly. She had advanced dementia. So it was to the point where, you know, she had no idea what was going on around her. She, and I can't remember if she had a feeding tube or not, but, like, she was basically not responsive, but just mm-hmm. laying in bed all day. So I, and family never really visited or anything. So you had that kind of emotional shock, too, where it's like, oh, my gosh, nobody comes and sees her. She just mm-hmm. lays here all day. This is her life. Um, so I figure out, I go to check her out, and it's in this small non-ventilated room <laughs> and I'm like oh we uh we need I I, I think it's like <laughs> I don't know what to do so I went to my nursing instructor you know who had been a nurse for like 50 years and mm-hmm. 
um, loved teaching us newbies because she, I think she loved seeing our like terrifying voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I went up to her and I was like, I, um, I think my patient needs to be changed. And she was like, well, you better go get somebody and change her. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I thought you were going to tell me something I something else. I don't know what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> so I found somebody um, to come help me who was super nice. And um, I just, oh, I turned her, like, so my friend held her on her side. We got all our stuff, probably way too much stuff. And we, I turned her to her side. And I just, that was the first time I had ever seen that. <laughs> <laughs> the poop mixed with the peace. Oh uh, gosh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Non-ventilated room. I mean, my eyes immediately started watering. <laughs> I started gagging, and then that made the girl gag. Oh gosh, it was a circus. <laughs> that's uh, you know, and then that's uh, this is what I tell all my coworkers every time I work too. It's like this. This is what we decided to do with our lives. <laughs> this is our job. Like we, I pay. I got into student loans to do this for I a living. Know. Like, what's what's wrong with us? <gasps> Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, so that needless to say, we got her clean. We were sweating, nice. but I like to <laughs> run into the hallway and like breathe fresh nursing home air, which is kind oh, of yeah, an oxymoron, but not. <laughs> it was it was um, quite the eye-opening experience, and I freaked out afterwards. I told my instructor, I can't do this. I'm not cut out for this. I can't do the most simple thing, <laughs> which I get emails all the time, like, I'm not cut out for this. Like, I don't think I, I can do this. I had those thoughts, too. Like, the first time I changed someone, I was like, I picked the wrong major. I can't do this. <laughs> um, I almost over this poor, poor woman, and I couldn't, I could barely finish what I was supposed to do, and now, four years later, I'm a neurocritical care nurse, so it it uh it has been quite a journey. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, and whenever I tell people, you know, you need to do like because I love nursing, I think it's the best job ever, and I've had a lot. I was later in life getting into nursing, but I the first thing people say is, "I oh, I don't like poop. I don't like poop." You know, and that's, I mean, it, it, it's a terrible part of the job, but it's a small part of the job. You know, most of what we do is much more fulfilling than that. So, and it's funny. It's like I don't like poop. Like. Yeah, it's not like Beads. I love poo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my goal in life or whatever, but but it, it, it is. It's a part of the job, and and uh, I mean, and you get it. You get to play a part in caring for these people whose family don't visit and things like that. So I mean, even those parts can be rewarding if you can look at it from a yeah, you know, a distance. I guess. Like I, I guess my thing is, I I find I get a lot of joy out of helping people that will never be able to thank me or do anything back or yeah. that can't, you know, do something for themselves. Like it gives me a lot of personal and professional satisfaction to be able to do that for people. And mm -hmm. I'll never get tired of that. Like, I, I don't think I could ever get tired of that feeling. And I agree. I mean, those little, because uh, it, it's an incredibly draining job. And I, I mean, I can speak from the neurocritical care side that, that is just incredibly draining emotionally, physically, mentally, just every aspect of your life. It's a very draining job. It's a very hard, hard job. But those those little moments when you can walk away knowing that you've done something good. I mean, that sounds a little Pollyanna-ish and stuff, but like it, it really does make you feel good. And it makes you want to come back and, and to provide the best care that you can, because a lot of these patients really, like you said, I mean, they most of our patients in neuro ICUs will never even 
know I was there. You right. Know? They don't remember you if they survive. Like I actually, uh, yeah, if they survive, yeah. That reminded <laughs> me, like recently I had a patient who he, um, when I came in, and this is kind of the typical neuro ICU thing is, you know, they had this sudden massive stroke. They're mm-hmm. on a ventilator. They're going to die, and the family has found out, waiting for family to come so we can take them off the breathing tube. And so, you know, that's relatively common in neurocritical care. And this happened. So when I came in, you know, I was getting a report. They had already decided we're going to take him off the breathing tube. Someone's flying in route right now. So whenever they get here, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. So whenever they get here, we're going to take the tube out. So, I mean, I did my thing. I, I didn't think I did anything special. The guy, you know, at that point, they didn't have a bunch of meds ordered no procedures, you're just turning and caring for him and helping out the family. I didn't think I did anything special at all. I was just trying to be empathetic with the family. So I worked again the next day, but I got floated to the cardiac intensive care unit, and I was having, like, my, you know, normal day. Mm -hmm. And they had taken the breathing tube, or actually the day before, I had taken the breathing tube out towards the end of the day, but he was still hanging on. We thought he was going to pass quickly, and he didn't. Um, and he lasted into the next day. So while I'm, like, sweating over in this, the cardiac intensive care unit, running around, taking care of my patients, the, he had died in the neuro ICU unit. But his family for, came and found me to where I floated. Wow. And they were all in tears saying, I am so thankful for the care that you provided. You are an angel. Like, I have no idea how you do this. You are an amazing nurse. You know, like, and I'm just, like, crying in the middle of the cardiac <laughs> intensive care unit, like, in between bed baths. Like, you know, that stuff, you don't get that in other jobs. You just you don't. You just you don't. don't. And my, my job prior to this was I was a buyer for a large sporting goods company. And at the end of the day, all I had done was help golfers get more golf balls, you know, and that's just after about a day of that, I knew it wasn't the right career for me. And, and then coming into this and getting those moments. And, and like you said, I mean, the majority of our patients don't necessarily have a good outcome from a neuro ICU. Right. Um, and the story you told sounds like, you know, a lot of my stories too. I mean, this is how it happens and it's very devastating. And it's very hard and very sad, but those moments that the family say, you know what, we will always remember you. Mm-hmm. And and all all we generally do is turning and explaining to the family, and it's nothing, you know, magical or anything. But those moments are what make nursing really worth it, in my mind. Oh yeah. Um, I actually, I one of the posts on your blog I wanted to talk about, and I'm sure you maybe already know what I'm going to say, but it's the one where it says, "I I wish I could cry." Oh yeah. Um, I I, I found that blog post, and I really like it. And um, one of the comments on here was from a girl who. Uh, well, she says, after watching my father die of cancer, I feel that nurses are worth their weight in gold. And I think that that's, I mean, so many family members feel that. And just showing up and doing your job and, and doing the best that you can, you know, you people don't remember their doctors. They're not going to think back, oh, that doctor was so great. Because the reality of it is the doctor sees them for five minutes a day, maybe. Right. But the nurse is there in the room at least every hour in an ICU, you know, doing something or talking to the family and and uh, people remember their nurse, and they'll never forget you if you're doing, uh, well, I mean, they'll never forget any of the nurses, but if you're in there, you know, being with the family, they'll never forget you. Yeah, and it, nursing is so amazing because there's, so, and I talk about this in my book, there's this complex 
technical side of nursing where it's, you know, knowing the drips, knowing how to manage the ventilator, knowing, you know, what medications to question and all this. And there's this technical stuff. And you learn that in nursing school. But there's this other side that is so emotional and not to be weird, but beautiful. Like you're, you're, these patients are, you know, going through, and, and in our unit, their worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are there to emotionally support them. And not only that, but in while they're walking through their worst nightmare, you have to educate them on yeah. what happened, how to empower them to make informed decisions when they, and empower them when they talk to the physician. So there's, and you don't learn that in nursing school. You really, you really mm-hmm. can't. It's really hard to learn that in nursing school. So it's, I don't know, nursing's just such an amazing career to me because you get this technical, like I love the technical stuff, but I think I love that other stuff more. But if I had just the technical or just the emotional stuff, I wouldn't like it. I, I just, right. oh, I don't know. I think it's fantastic. And, and, you know, they never, they might not remember your name, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Like, Absolutely. So... And I mean, myself as well, what brought me into nursing was more the anatomy, the physiology, like I just loved it and I can't get it. I mean, I still study all the time. I mean, I, I did my CCRN in December, so you'll pass. Don't worry. You'll do great. (laughs) Um, But I just can't get enough of it. Even after that, like I'm still studying new books and stuff. But the moments that have changed my life are the ones where you're, you're in there with the family and talking to the family with their relative who was up walking, talking yesterday. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we're talking about postmortem care and, and what we're going to do with them. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll say this, you know, and it does sound weird kind of, but nursing has made me a better father, a better husband, a better son in so many ways, because you see these moments that, I mean, this stuff can happen to anybody and you, you hope it doesn't happen to you and you pray it doesn't happen to you, but it is happening to people. Um, and seeing that and seeing these families go through that, it makes you cherish, you know, each moment a little better, I think. I, I completely agree. You, again, especially in neuro where you could have an aneurysm right now and you don't know it unless you've had a CTA, how are you going to know? <laughs> right? So anybody's life can end at any moment and anyone close to you, their life can end at any moment. Like being a nurse and being a critical care nurse, you are constantly aware of the fragility of life. So you, that makes you so, makes you want to be a better wife, a better daughter, a better friend, and be present and truly enjoy every moment of every day because you never know when it's going to be over and you're, when you're going to be walking through that. Because I think that, and something that I said in that, I wish I could cry with you, but I can't, is, something you have to learn how to do is how to disconnect the dots so that every time somebody's in that bed, you're not picturing it, that it's your loved one. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, a hard and, thing to do. And if you got, you guys should read this post. And I'll, again, I'll put a link on it on uh, nrsng.com slash 55, but Katie actually had to go and write a rebuttal post because a lot of people kind of attacked her for these thoughts and these viewpoints that uh, mm-hmm. you have to you have to be a professional when you're at your job with these people, but clearly as hopefully you guys can sense these stories and these families and these people affect us greatly, uh, so deeply and emotionally. And that's why you have to have this disconnect. But I, I like both posts that you have about that. And I, I couldn't agree with you more than more at all. I mean, it's, 
this is a very that's why this is the most complicated job emotionally you'll ever have i mean uh, you're there with these families in the most complicated times of their lives and the most difficult times of their lives but for whatever reason that's emotionally rewarding as well i think i think yeah when i wrote that post i i um was not expecting the profound response <laughs> that i got and it was interesting it was, i would say it's about 75% nurses said i get that i've been there. yeah thank you for being honest or or saying what i felt but i didn't know how to say it and then i had about 25% i had someone a couple people say i would never want you to be my nurse you are not compassionate. I cry with patience all the time, and how can you not cry? And I mean, I, I was pretty surprised to, to see that response, but I guess I could see how someone would quickly read that and think, oh, she refuses to cry with people. But that's why I had to write that rebuttal. Was It's not that I refuse to cry with people, but if I jump off that ledge and I'm so emotionally involved with this situation. Like I, can't, you can't go back to work the next day. I, I mean, you can't. Right. Yeah. I can't go in the next room. Like right. and and round with that physician. That's like well, I need to talk to you right now. This patient's mm-hmm. hypertensive and they have an ICH, and you need to do something about it now. Screw this. Come over here. Like you know, I mean, I think I think a lot of people that said that were either. Um, New, I, I think there were a bunch of newer nurses, like brand new or nursing students saying they wouldn't want to become jaded like me or um, people that just have not had the inpatient critical care or that kind of an experience. Yeah. It was it was pretty interesting to see the result, but I was just glad to get the conversation started too, you know? And I think it's good. I mean, the, the post was published about four months ago or so, and it has 250 comments on it. So it's a good post, you guys. You should go read it um, if you are new to nursing. I mean, I I, I agree 100% with what you say here because it, it happens so many times. I mean, that you're, you go through the experience that, you know, you and I have talked about where you tell one family, hey, we're going to, you know, go for brain death testing, you know, your family member's dead. You go in the next room and the family, you have to go in there with a smile. You have to walk to the next room with a smile. And to that patient next door, their priority is they need ice right now. And they're mad if you don't get it. Yeah. 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 And, and you have to you have to do both jobs. And I, I uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And it's a, yeah, I agree, I guess. I think two people, especially in nursing school and theoretically, everybody should get from their nurse what they emotionally need, right? But it's not always realistic because we're human too. So it's not like we can be all things to everybody at all times. Um, and, and it sounds great in your mind and when you're in school and you think about, oh, I have a patient that's having brain death testing. I'm going to be, you know, so emotionally involved. But it's like reality is is we do that all the time every day. and. Mm-hmm. We right next to that patient is someone you have to encourage, and right next to it is another family that's sobbing that had this horrific thing happen, and then another one that's screaming at you because you're not doing, you're not getting their pain meds fast enough. So it's like, it sounds like you theoretically should be able to be all things for all patients all the time, but you, you can't. You're human too. You, mm-hmm. you know, there's a line there where you have to care for yourself and do whatever measures you need to do for yourself to be able to be there for your patients. I agree. And I, I mean, I, I don't think that, I mean, what I found is a lot of families are very grateful for that, that um, 
honest, straightforward education about what's happening. And a lot of times when you give them that, they'll say, well, no one told us that, you know? Oh, yeah. So instead of just sitting in there crying with them, you can say, hey, you know, this is what happened. This is how it happened. And there's nothing that you could have done to prevent this. You know, this yeah. happens and, and you couldn't have known, you know, and, and um, you can still say you're sorry and you can still wish them the best. But, uh, you know, at, at a certain point, you, you still have to take care of that patient. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the post. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. What else should we talk about? What, uh, tell me one piece of advice that you would give uh, a nursing student or new nurses. One, the, the number one thing you would tell them. My number one thing would be kind of going back to being honest about what you don't know and mm-hmm. and that part of that also being never losing your humility. You know, um, nursing school, you're uh, constantly being told that you're wrong and it gets kind of defeating <laughs> <laughs> after, <laughs> after three years of learning that you're wrong and then you... All the time. All uh-huh. the time. So as hard as it is to maintain that humility... <laughs> Uh, make sure that you do that because you, um, especially with this field constantly evolving, you have to um, always be willing to admit what you don't know and admit when you're wrong and care and fix it. So I think that having that mentality is essential. And, um, you, and you know, when you have students or new nurses come on the scene that are way too confident, and it's, it's not only bad for the cult and um, the co-workers, it's, it's just dangerous for the patients. So I think staying humble and being honest are essential to being a new nurse and a student. Awesome. I agree. What is your favorite book or tool for nurses besides becoming nursey? Twitter. Twitter? Twitter is. I have learned so much from interacting with physicians and nurses online, um, and it has engaged me in so many conversations um, I know it's not really a book or a tool. Well, I guess it's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah. So I, I don't because social media is so amazing and you can learn so much. Um, you, you know, I, you want to be specific with who you follow and make sure they're people that are you know accurate and going to you know p- put um, accurate information out there. But um, you know, as news comes out, as new articles come out, people tweet and talk about it, talk about things. And in addition to that, it's also a really good support network. So if you had a bad day and or if you had something happen that you needed opinions on or whatever, it's it's a definitely great support network as long as you're being, you know, HIPAA compliant. It sure. is extremely valuable in very different ways. I need to start using Twitter more. I've never gotten into it too much. I think maybe I'm too old. No, you are not. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> I, I need to. So what, who who would be like your top five? physicians or nurses to follow on Twitter. All right, let me pull mine up. Hold on. Okay. Actually, I already have it open. What do you know? I'll write them down, and then I'll include them in the post, too, so everybody can follow them. Okay. Well, I follow... Let me pull up... Because I, I like to also follow nursing students and, and new grads, just so I can kind of encourage people. Okay, so my, one of my favorite physicians is um, Mark Reed, MD. His um, handle is medical AX. I-O-M-S. A-X-I-O-M-S. Yeah. Okay. He is fantastic. He puts up very um, uh, direct things that are very helpful. But he, And he's also put up multiple, like, support the nurses stuff, which I highly appreciate, clearly. 
Yeah. Let's see who else. Um, the nerdy nurse, Brittany Wilson. I'm actually talking with her tomorrow. Oh, great! She's fantastic. It's yeah, she is. Wealth of knowledge. It's she has a lot of stuff. Social media and everything. Like she's great. So I follow her. Love her. Um, let's see. There's a couple. I also follow like you know NBC News, a couple news stations, and like um, the CBC. I like to follow those because they'll put up articles and research stuff huh. so that I can just immediately check it out. And it was really interesting with the Ebola outbreak, or I guess it wasn't really an outbreak in America, but, you know, the whole Ebola thing, like getting yeah. constant updates from that. Sure. Um, let's see. Who am I? Um, as I'm scrolling through here, where is... Oh, um. See, I just, I don't, I don't, I feel like Twitter takes a lot of time. I need to figure out how to oh, here's my, not get sucked into it. You want me to give you my little um, Twitter two minute tutorial here? Yes. So, <laughs> you get on Twitter, you get, follow 10, 15 people, like, so you can search nursing or, uh-huh. or physician. And um, you pick like 10 or 15 people follow them. You don't have to follow everybody in the world. And you don't have to tweet anything. But you can look at the ho- your homepage and find very interesting things. And if you find something that's, you know, helpful, then you can write it out and tweet it. And then if you find, like, let's say you're scrolling through and the CDC put up something really interesting about Caudis and you want to retweet that. You hit the little two arrow thing, and yeah, tweet yeah. it, and it shows up on your timeline. Okay. And then if you favorite stuff, then you can go back and see it and stuff. And then if you see someone says something, they ask a question, you hit the little arrow and respond to them. And then you can get a great conversation going. Like, I talked to nurses in Australia and cool. Argentina and the UK. It's amazing. So what's your Twitter handle? How can people find you? Nurse Eye Roll. Nurse Eye Roll. One word. Okay. Yep. Awesome. So what kind of stuff do you post up there? Just advice, tips, articles? A little bit of everything. I like to um, put up a little bit of humorous stuff. Um, I like to ask people questions. Like I'm writing a post right now on medication administration in nursing school. And I was curious what everybody, what tools a lot of people use. Because at work, I use Micromedics. But that's through work. That's not really a free thing that you can just get. So I wanted to survey some people and see what they said. Um, So that was cool because I could just immediately find around all around the country, 10 people responded with their favorite apps that they use. That's cool. Um, I use it for information sharing so and education. So interesting articles I'll put put up myself or I'll retweet that someone else did or it's something encouraging or inspiring or something that just helps us relate to each other. Um, like I'll tweet that kind of stuff. Let's see. Um, updates on when I posted something on the blog. Um, let's see. Like the other day. <laughs> I'll do stuff that too, you know, nurses are people too. So I tweet about stuff in my life. So I got run over by a dog the other day and hit my elbow and I put up, you know, this is what happens when you get schoolyarded by a dog and I got my, (laughs) um, so I use it for 
a lot of different things. And well, like, I'll give it a second try. Yes, and I will follow you. <laughs> All right, I'll try it out. Um, so let's uh, let's do this. Suppose that you woke up tomorrow and you were not a nurse. Totally different world. You're not a nurse. What would you do? But you can still do whatever you want. And would you still think about nursing? Oh, how could I not think about nursing? I would probably, in some capacity, try to be a writer, you know, because I absolutely love doing that. But I don't know what I would write about if I wasn't a nurse. Um, <laughs> would you still go through the torture of nursing school, the NCLEX? The... Um, yes, I would. Knowing what you know now. Knowing what I know now, I, w- I would... I would do it again. I wouldn't be happy about it, <laughs> but I, I would definitely, I would do it again. I don't like, I've people have asked me that question before. Like if I could do anything else and I would, you know, it would be writing, but I feel like, you know, nursing gives me passion to write. So I don't know if I could really do one without the other. And I think really going back, looking back at it with what I know now, it would have made school so much less stressful. Like yeah. I just wouldn't have, stressed about it whatever you know (laughs) i wrote i actually wrote a post a while ago that has gotten a decent amount of response about like my tips for nursing school and i feel like half of them were like don't stress about this don't worry about Uh don't don't care what your (laughs) classmates got on their exams it's just going to either make you mad or give you a false inflated ego like don't look at what other people got on their test (laughs) and that's like i do answers to some people's questions on the podcast too and i feel like everyone starts sounding the same it's like just don't just don't worry about it like it'll be fun you know and it's like but that's all i can say like i almost stressed myself out of nursing school but just so, yeah, yeah. So just don't stress in school. Right. So tell us one fun fact that nobody knows about you. Oh, see, okay, I had it took me a little while to think about what I wanted to say <laughs> for that. Um, I that so I guess I've never seen Jurassic Park. That is weird. Um, I wish Michael Scott was my nurse manager. That would be cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> and Dwight was my charge nurse. Oh, I haven't know. Um, and then Angela would be the nurse that works like in the PACU or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that. I mean, I don't know what else. I'm pretty, Those are good. Those are good. That uh, not seen Jurassic Park is kind of weird. Yeah, I asked my husband. I was like, "What's something that people don't know about?" And he was like, <laughs> "Well, it's really weird that you've never seen Jurassic." Park. That is weird. You know, that is weird. <laughs> What uh, what makes a nurse successful, and is there any like one piece of parting advice you would give to people? Uh, what makes a nurse successful? Um, I think being humble and hungry. So always wanting to learn more, do more, do better, per, like push your career forward. So you're hungry for what's next, um, but you're also very humble about the things that about that progression. So you're not like Climbing up the ladder, but just to shove it in people's faces. Exactly. Like yeah. You're thankful for the progress you've made, and you want to impart that knowledge to others. And you're not a jerk when you're <laughs> communicating it to others. So being, I think, being humble and hungry um, makes a nurse a very successful person. I agree with that. Where can people find you besides Nurse I Roll on Twitter? Um. So I've tried to make Nurse Eye Roll pretty consistent across all media channels. So I'm on Instagram, at Nurse Eye Roll. I am on Pinterest, it's N-E Eye Roll. Um, Tumblr is Nurse Eye Roll. Email, Nurse Eye Roll at gmail.com. Email me if you have any questions, comments, cheap shots, concerns, 
Um, I'll try to get back to you within a few days. Um, are those all of them? Oh, Facebook. That's a great, uh, I think a lot of people prefer Facebook. I get a lot of questions and interaction through that Nurse Eye Roll page on Facebook. Okay. I think that's so what's, what's next for Nurse Eye Roll? Where are you going from here? Well, I have started doing speaking engagements, which I love doing. I would, awesome. my, my, something I would really love to do is to go to nursing schools and talk to the, the seniors and, that's kind of my goal too, I think, honestly. Yeah, that would be. That'd be so fun. Uh, dream job, but. Um, yeah, because you can show them. I mean, just yeah, it would be, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would, I don't know. It would just be so much fun to me to encourage and, and tell them what it's like and that stuff mm-hmm. that the textbooks don't tell you or they tell you but you don't really know what it looks like. Um, but this year I've got some speaking engagements, so I'm speaking at NTI this year okay. with Capella University. Um, I'm working closely with Scrubs Magazine on a lot of different things. Um, I am hoping to get, um, another book going. So awesome. instead of becoming a nurse, I don't know what I'll, I mean, I'm working on an outline and that kind of stuff, but uh, it's probably going to be geared more towards, um, you know, after you get, you, you figure out what you're doing after about a year or two, you're kind of like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. So probably more so with the, uh, w- with that, um, part of career development, Hoping, hoping to work with a publisher on that. Um, obviously, get my CCR in. I want to do that very soon, and I want to um, start working on my masters. Awesome. We have a lot going on. Yeah, I know. But I, I mean, I think the stuff you have out there is very good. So keep it up, and I think you're providing a lot of value to nursing students and new nurses too. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. So any anything else you'd like to tell everybody before we head out? Let me think. <laughs> Anything else I'd like to tell? Um, for those that are on nurse on um, social media, I just want to encourage people to use it responsibly. Mm-hmm. Um, the second you put RN or after your name on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, you're representing our profession. And I think we're held to a different standard than others because we're the most trusted profession again in the country, and um, I just want to make sure that people are representing us and each other well and giving, making the profession, furthering it and not giving detract, detract from it. So I just want to encourage people to do that. Well, thank, well, thank you, you very much. much. I agree with that. So if you haven't checked out the book, it's on Amazon. You can buy it. It's Becoming Nursey. It's a very fun book to read. Like I said, there's 53 all five-star, or looks like one, couple four-stars, but pretty much all five-star reviews. So it's an excellent book. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I think it gives a very new perspective and very honest perspective on what it's like from new grad to uh, nurse with a couple years' experience. So go check it out. It's Becoming Nursey. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Want a free 20-page sample of the ebook 140 Must Know NCLEX Meds? Visit medoftheday.com to download your free PDF sample today. That's medoftheday.com.